Hey everybody, welcome to Making It 300. Yeah. I'm Bob Claggett. I'm here with my co-hosts, David Picciuto. Yeah. And Jimmy DeResta. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming out. Uh, I'm so glad that everybody figured out the clues that we've been dropping over the last couple of weeks <laughs> to find our secret location. <laughs> Just kidding. There's, there, there's, there's no event that you missed. There's Don't nothing. worry. It's just the 300th episode recording. I was thinking about this this morning as I was thinking about us recording 300 episodes of like just, you know, just talking about random stuff. Episode 100 was in a December, right? Weren't we in Boston in December? December 4th. Yeah. Wow. How do you know what date it Four was? Because I have one of those uh, wacky brain power things. I remember dates. It was cold. Oh. I remember it was it's like the, the worst superpower ever. Well, anyway, I, I think it was kind of funny because that, like, that was in, in December. Four years ago. And then, if, yeah, and then it's taken us <laughs> this long, four years, to get 200 more episodes, <laughs> and we're now in March, I guess. Yeah, we've just skipped several weeks throughout you know the past several years to get ahead. Um, I don't know. I, I was just thinking about how funny it is that we've continued to be able to find stuff to talk about and you know for this long this many times <laughs> what's so funny is that people don't realize we we get together we hardly talk during the week unless something interesting happens to either one of us and then when we sit here and we get together we go, what do you want to talk about i don't know what do you want to talk about and bob will just go well let's just wing it ready and then we go into it usually <laughs> <laughs> pretty much every time yeah yeah occasionally we have like a spark from a from a fan note or something but yeah not a lot did you guys see uh, all the new reviews on iTunes? I haven't looked at iTunes in forever, but I know Bob has been saying, hey, go to iTunes and leave a review. There's a bunch of new ones, and they're all absolutely amazing. So thank you. Yes. yes. Thank, you. thank you. I hadn't looked at the number before I said that, so I don't know how many new ones there were. I didn't like look at dates or anything. But we have a five-star review and like 1,500 reviews or something like that. Thank you, guys. That It actually means a lot, and it, it does make a difference. We really appreciate that. That's super cool. Thank you. Um, also, uh-huh. I got to, you know, we always talk about our patrons at the end of the episode, but I do want to go yeah. ahead and shout them out because, we, you know, we occasionally will get new patrons. You know, every couple of weeks we'll have somebody come in at the dollar level or whatever, but, and that's great, and we're happy to have everybody at any level. Um, but I've gotten to a point to where I don't have to look up our top supporter list anymore. I used to, every week when we go to record, first thing I do is I'd pull that list up to get any changes to make sure I'm saying the right names. Those people have been so consistent, um, that that group of people has not changed in a really long time. And so that, that's really awesome just because, you know, they're, they're big supporters and they're sticking around and. They're, um, I don't know, they're awesome. And we're really grateful that that group of people has been so supportive for such a long time. So let me go ahead and shout them out just to go ahead and do it. Maybe we can do it again later. Odin Leather Goods, thank you. Yes. Corey from Make Shape Create, thank you. Rich from Lowen Designs, thank you. Blondie Hacks, awesome. thank you. Awesome. Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, thank you. Caleb from You Can Make This Too, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Chad from Mancrafting, what's up, Chad? Thank Woo. you. Works crowd by cheer. Solo. Crowd cheer under everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll put uh, crowd noise behind all this. Works by Solo. Thanks, Bernie. 
Albers Woodworks. Thank you. And Corey Ward. Thank you, Corey. But Thank you. honestly, there is a big list of a ton Thank of other Austin. people. Um, and we really are grateful for every bit of support. I was thinking about sponsors again. Not not that we needed them. I was thinking about the fact that we don't need them. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Thank week. you. I think that's really cool. Because I, yeah. was, I was thinking about other podcasts that I do and that I'd like to do. And I'm like, yeah, but they like there's no way for them to make money. It's like, you know, sponsors just don't really work. And we don't have to worry about that here. Thanks to our patrons. So big thanks to them. Well, what's up? Oh man, what you guys, what you guys been doing? I'm sorry, guys. We were supposed to start <laughs> 40 minutes ago, and I think I instead of hitting snooze, I hit do not alarm me anymore, and then just slept for a really long time. So I just well, woke hey, it's, up. It's 300. Ago. You have every right. You have every right to sleep uh, late. Uh, That's right. <laughs> sure. That's right. And I'm in so much pain right now. We had our. From what? We were, I was supposed to have the first go kart race last Saturday, and uh, I ran in practice, and practice was good, but the motor wasn't quite there. Uh, like it was running really rich. Uh, like I pull out the spark plug, and it was really black, and it was a brand new spark plug. So I needed a little bit of tuning, and it was a little hard to start, and I kept pull starting, and then I re injured my shoulder really bad. And uh, I am in so much pain. I set myself back weeks after going through physical the same therapy. shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, so <clears throat> I have my physical therapy later today, and I get to tell the therapist, "Yeah, I just set myself back six weeks." Um, so he's going to be disappointed. I'm disappointed in myself. It really hurts. Uh, it was it was dumb. The um, I'm running in two different go-kart leagues and one league allows electric starters and one doesn't that league that I was running in last Saturday, they do allow electric starter, but it was, it's kind of like, it's a luxury item. So I can, I can do the pole starting mm. and then it turns out I, I injured myself. So, uh, yeah, no go-karting for a little bit. What's that, Jimmy? Did you run the race? No. No, I didn't. I I, oh. I was in too much pain. I, I I couldn't even work on the. It, it was painful just to like work on the cart, and I'm like I, I I'm oh. not doing myself any good. So, I just sat there and felt sorry for myself and, and watched. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not feeling well, uh, in my shoulder area, and I just woke up. 12 minutes ago <laughs> so I'm, I'm really trying to figure out what's going on here we uh last fun. night I, I put out a new video uh we I, I got a new trailer for the go-karting and for mobile make stuff make something stuff and i made a little bench for the the nose of the trailer and i put out that video and and uh, that came out last night and it was just like a simple uh, let's not work with any plans just let's just throw some two by fours together and uh man construction materials have really gone up i think we talked about this briefly last week but yeah. i mean two by fours that used to be like three dollars a piece are now like five something almost six dollars and then osb was 65 dollars, 68 and i was not gonna buy a piece of osb Whoa. for for that much it was just it was crazy 65 dollars for osb yeah yeah that's oh my nuts. god it, and That's crazy. Um, so all the inside of the trailer is lined with OSB. And I'm like, oh, I'll just get a piece of OSB for this bench. And it'll just look like it belongs here. And I'm like, no, I don't. I only need like a third of this sheet. I'm not paying that much. 
and ended up using walnut plywood because that's what I had. Um, <laughs> and I, in a video, I'm like, I promise you, I'm not using walnut plywood on purpose. This is just saving me a few bucks. But uh, yeah, so I canceled Dan coming over on Tuesday this week. It is now Wednesday. I think he's going to come over tomorrow if I'm feeling well enough. And we're going to do some, I think we're going to try to do some power carving. And I just got a big hunk of a tree and I'm going to just make some sort of sculptural thing out of it. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool. That That's it. That's, that's what's going on over here. Lots of pain, self-pity can't believe what i did <laughs> sleeping so uh, well what, what i've been up to i made those big resin panels which w- was a lot of fun i i when i hung out with my friends at total boat when we were over in kansas together we conceived of the idea of me making those maker man panels really big it's like the phony stained glass and resin and i was going to make one of them but then we have a television project going on here at the house and we're building out the inside of the barn that we're going to do uh, as the barn's going to become basically the television studio. And when I mentioned it to the guys involved, they were like, wow, that's a great idea. Can we have those ready? Can we have those ready for the for the project? <laughs> and uh, I went back and they're like, can you make two of them? I'm like, uh, okay. And so that's what I did last weekend. I made two of those resin panels. It was, it was a really, it's a really easy project to do. It's just a lot, a lot, a lot of work. And of course, a lot of resin. But it was a sponsored video, so a lot of people are on me for spending a lot of money on resin, but it's a prop for a television show. How and- dare you spend your money on a thing that you want to spend your money on, Jimmy? <laughs> I know, it's funny, because one of the persons, I don't want to go down the troll window, because people don't like hearing that, but one of the people were like, okay, I did the math, and this is like a $3,000 project. And I said, the, the size of the project is all relative to what you want to make for yourself. I'm not showing, and I, never even, I don't even talk yeah. in the video, so like, I'm not saying you need to do exactly what I've done. It's really funny that people misinterpret things like that. And so anyway, those came out good. They were a lot of fun, and I haven't hung them yet. Everyone's anxious to see them hanging in space. We will probably hang them next week. Are they going in, exactly the, to... in the walls? Or No, no, they're going to okay. go. We might, I might hang them because they're going to go in the big black barn, but I might hang them one rafter away from the wall on mm. cables so that we can backlight it because I can't have it three inches from the wall with backlight it just won't look good it, it, the little yeah. be hot spots right on the edge so what i might do is just hang them in space kind of representative of like they would be in the uh in the eaves of both sides of the black barn we could backlight it with the right sort of angle it would look like it's in the wall you know but they're just representative of windows and if they were in the sun i'm sure the sun would would probably bleach the color right out of them so they're going to mm-hmm. be inside inside barn stuff and so that was a fun project. That's a really simple project that anybody do. You could laser cut little simple things and put epoxy in there. What? Yeah, they they turned. I watched the video yesterday or day before oh, or something, you. and they turned out really good. Um, because I was, you know, when you described it and I saw the pictures, I was like, well, he's just pouring resin into. That's really like, openings, but there's some little things in there about putting the backing on. You know, using that plastic as the back mm-hmm. and putting a. a layer of clear down to seal it yep. up before you put on like that's something i wouldn't have thought of until it was too late you know right, <laughs> after right. i did it wrong so i mean there's some really good stuff in there that you could definitely pull out and use in in that type of project in yeah. a different context but it also got me thinking about there's a there's a door that i want to make for my office here and i had a plan for how i was going to make this door and then paint 
these certain colors on it and stuff. And then that got me thinking about doing effectively the same thing you did as a door, as a pass through between two rooms. But then after watching it, I'm like, well, how do I do that video? That's not just a different shape of what you did. So what I think is kind of cool. And one of the things I've been churning on lately is how do I take an idea like that? Anytime that I have an idea that somebody else comes up with a project that's very similar, like technically similar, that can be frustrating, but it also is an opportunity to go like, okay, well, how can I take that idea that somebody else did? Maybe even like give them some credit, give them some reference, but then level that up or zoom out and make it more complex and make it more, I don't know, make it more something, whatever direction you decide to go in. And so I think it's kind of cool that I got to a point when I watched your video, I'm like, oh yeah, I could use that method for this, except it's got to be different. I don't want to say better because it just has to be different. It's right. got to have no, a different it could, level It could to be it. better. If, you know, it depends on like if you put, <clears throat> if you're going to use it as a door, you don't have to CNC all the way through because those colors are so poppy. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to right. be translucent. You're not, I would assume you're not going to go for like a stained glass look on a door. So you're really going more for like a graphic approach, you know, something a little bit more. Yeah graphic-y looking, which is cool. Yeah. And actually, that reminds me, Derek uh, Derek from Walden came up with a real... He put out a video this week where he's been showing them more on his Instagram, but he he came up with this technique where he CNCs out a color, pours resin in it, lets it cure. It takes a long time. That's why he does a couple at a time. So he'll, resi- he'll CNC out a pocket, pour resin, let it cure. CNC out everything next to that, pour resin, let it cure. CNC out everything else, pour resin, let it cure. So he's basically making cavities to pour resin in for every step of the of the signage and when he's done he has this beautiful looks like it's made out of almost like baked enamel because it's the beautiful clear uh, the beautiful smooth resin and it wells up at each and he's taking advantage of that where the where the resin goes and then kind of wells up on the edges of the mold or it's cavity rather Hmm. than not a mold and then he takes advantage of that when he cncs away the other color the new color beside it wells up. So wherever the colors match, they kind of collide and pucker up. It really looks yeah. cool. It's really cool. I mean, so maybe between, you know, what I did and what he's what he's done, you could, you know, and then figure out some other third yeah. advantage, you know, something like that. But I think it's a really cool idea to take a door and throw it on the CNC, unless you, you know, unless you decide to make one completely. But you can find a nice solid core door and throw it on the CNC and just go to town on it, you know, put some cool mm. branding or whatever. And then you could obviously put windows through if you needed it. But that's a cool project. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so they it, turned out great. It was I think they look really cool. Thank you. Thank you. They're a little textury. You know, I, I wasn't getting too uptight about all the colors falling into other colors. And a lot of people are like, well, what about the back? The plastic is wrinkly. I liked it because it gives it from like, but you got to remember in the video, it's all very intimate. You're really up close. You see all the imperfections and the bumps and the lumps. But on camera, you know, for this television project, you're never going to really see it up close. It's going to be from 40 feet away and it's going to be up 30 feet in the air. So like all those little lumps and bumps and, and the, <clears throat> the plastic texture on the back. <clears throat> sorry, led me to lead me to to embrace the texture and yeah know it's gonna look kind of cool from 50 feet away the well, hard part is just not seeing well yeah uh if anybody's ever seen stained glass up close like it's not smooth it it has a a texture to it just like if you see a really old window that's been hung in a house or a building or whatever for 100 years it it's a liquid it drips it it droops over time 
And so it has that kind of non-flat texture to it or whatever. Stained glass usually has that as well. So I thought that was kind of, I don't know, I didn't know from the video because you're not talking, I didn't know if that was intentional or not, but the puckering and the kind of waviness of the underside in the clear resin before the color, I thought it gave it that stained glass thing. And I thought, well, that was either a happy accident or Jimmy is more of a genius than I thought he was. <laughs> well, I will tell you that when I laid this, the, uh, when I laid the plastic down on the floor to basically create my backing, I, I was going to spray glue it to the floor because there was some, you know, you lay out mm. flat plastic. It's not dead flat because it's not intended for that. It's for, you know, it's just to drape over stuff to keep the rain off it. But I laid this flat plastic down and I was going to 3M77 spray glue it to the floor of the shop. Completely forgot about that till I started pouring the resin and it was puckered up. I'm like, well, now I'm going to have a cool texture in the back. <laughs> so it's like, whatever. It's yeah. too late now. I completely over, overlooked that step. But uh, that was a fun project and, and I'm excited about that. And then I'm not sure I'm going to have a video this week. I have so many things going on. Uh, I will tell everybody this. A couple weeks ago I, on, the, on the after show, I said I had a phone call that was going to change my life. I can't say too much about it, but I'm going to be working with a, I'm going to be potentially working with a retailer to sell products in stores. And so that was what the phone call was about. And so a few people asked me in the after show, they're like, what happened? Did your life change from the phone call that you said? So <laughs> I am working. In, and the reason I bring that up is because this week I'm busy making samples for product meetings that are going to potentially be in this retail shop. So once I know more about that, or once, you know, once I'm able to talk more about that and it's going to be a real thing, I'll talk about that, but it's, it's going in a very positive direction. And uh, this is, I think I said it on the after show though, but I said, you know, it only takes one person to see your video. You know, people get uptight about having low view counts. And I mean, I do too, but you just got to remember that people that are watching are, are interested fans. They're people that want to see it. And, you know, people that comment and engage are obviously even more so. And uh, it only takes one person to see what you've put up that could make a big difference in, you know, the direction of your career, your art, you know, you're, you're the way you do things. So it's, it's really important. The more you output, the more you, you get input. So it's, it's important to really focus on the people that watch because mm. this opportunity that's been afforded to me came because somebody watched my videos and they reached out to me. And, uh, so like I said, it doesn't take and the reason, the other reason I bring it up is because it was on a video that was a low view count and I was a little despondent that the video didn't do better. Not that despondent. I was like, eh, that was another miss, but whatever. But anyway, it got me connected to this potential opportunity. So you never know. It's not. It's not the. It's not the uh, the amount. It's the quality in the amount of audience. Did you change the thumbnail of the stained glass video? I did because it was ten out of ten. <laughs> so and I changed uh, it, and I changed I, the name of it too. I, I eliminated all the words stained glass out of it because I gotcha. it was just inviting um, too much rhetoric. Because I, I, I saw it when it first came out, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to watch this later. And then later on came, and I'm like, oh, that's a different thumbnail and maybe a different title. And we, we all do that, but it's it's funny when we actually see somebody do that. Yeah. Did well, it help? I, I, I meant to do it. It, it. it went from it went from 10 out of 10 to 9 out of 10, and then I changed the thumbnail, and then it went to 8 out of 10. Uh, sorry. Yeah, it was 10, 
nine, and then eight. And then it's actually catching more views now than it did the first couple of days it was up. Mm. And like I said, I, I eliminated the word stained glass out of everything just so I don't trigger, you know, the true stained glass artist. Because I had stained glass in quotes and people were like, this is not stained glass. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm glad you told me that because I really thought it was. <laughs> wait, wait, but you don't make glass out of resin? Hang on a second. No. And, and it, you know, it's funny, so many people were just like, why didn't you just make this really out of stained glass? I'm like, okay. Then I wouldn't have a total boat sponsorship. I was like, what's it? <laughs> and I could make it in three days. I mean, I made those in three days. It's three days worth of work, yeah. which is relatively quickly. If I was doing that as stained glass, I'd still be downstairs crunching and chipping the corners of curves. And yeah, it would take, it would take considerably longer. That's an interesting point because, like, uh, you mentioned the cost. Somebody complained about the cost of the resin earlier. Mm-hmm. I bet if you made those exact same things out of stained glass, it would be at least close to the same price. I, I understand that glass itself is not very expensive, but the the, the letting you have to get, the process of cutting all those pieces, you're going to go through a lot of glass that is wasted, unless you're, yeah. you know, like a pro or whatever. I, I bet the cost would be pretty high on doing it out of glass as well. Yeah, and just and the one thing most many of the commenters who are going down that road misinterpreted is that it's it's a prop, it's a prop for for camera. It doesn't. It's not going to be in a church. It's not going to be. You know, no one's going to really pray to it. It's just it's just visual. Just basically making a three dimensional poster. And yeah, I I was going to talk about a, a troll, but forget it. (laughs) <laughs> no trolls. Um, I was going to jump back because you were talking about um, how a video, you know, just one person seeing it or the right person seeing it could make a big difference. Um, it, it's super easy, even for us who do this for a living, to look at our view counts or whatever and think, you know, to be disappointed with how something is performing. But I'm constantly reminded, and I was reminded this week when we got a letter from somebody, that each one of those Every every one in that number, no matter what that number is, is a person with a life and a history and ambitions and yeah. time, yeah. and they spend that time to watch your video, and they get something or don't get something out of it. Each one of those numbers, every one is an actual person. And so it's super easy to, to be like, well, that total number is less than it was last week, but that total number is still probably more than one, right? And that's like that's pretty amazing. It's just easy to forget that we kind of objectify the people behind the thing by looking at the the numbers of the thing. But this happens on occasion. I get letters from people. If you ever send something to our PO box, I'm I'm not asking you to send things, but if you send a letter or a note, I see them. I always, I don't respond to them typically, but I do always read them. And we got a really nice letter from somebody and I was just looking for it because I was going to call out their first name and I can't find it. But it was super nice. And it was just one of those moments where you read a, a handwritten thing from a person that says, your videos did this for me, no. and now I am here. Yeah. And I don't expect to get that kind of response from people, but when you see that and there's a handwritten first name at the end of it, you're like, oh, wow. Like, a thing I did, no matter how silly or simple or whatever, had an impact enough on a single person that they took the time to handwrite a note and put it in the mail system to get it to me to say thank you for whatever. Like at any level, even if it was just like, you helped me waste 15 minutes on YouTube. That's still, okay, cool, I helped. 
But I kind of wanted to throw that in the ring with what you're talking about. You know, one one view can be beneficial for your business or for your art. It can also be beneficial for that person, that one person who watched that thing. And it's so easy to forget about that, but that can be pretty big. So Yeah. Again, I've said this a hundred times. A lot of people say, how do you get started in a business? Stop posting the things you make or the things you want to sell and create and exchange money for on Instagram. And then do it consistently and, you know, have, have friends help you promote it. And that's how you just get stuff out there. And that's how you get stuff back into your life. If you keep it all bottled up, you can't expect anybody to see it. You know, it's, it's a completely different world, different landscape than when we all started. You know, we're older. There are kids that are starting now like, Bob, well, your children won't know any other way except for right. self-promotion and self-branding. Like it's everybody is their own little industry now. And it might be a little annoying to the people that don't participate, but that's just the way it is. Unless you have a regular corporate nine to five job and you're a creative, you need to, you need to create a space where people can go experience what you do. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, that's just think, the way it's going. I think even the people who, who have normal five, nine to five jobs that like their jobs, that don't want to leave their jobs. I think they still are finding oftentimes that if they want to create something, they need to have a way to get it to people. And I think the same thing applies, you know, Um, because I I did see something recently and I can't think of the context, but it was somebody on Twitter, I think, talking about how, you know, they they enjoy watching YouTube stuff and they think it's really cool that we get to do the thing, but they actually like their job. They don't want to do this full time. It's not it's not their intention but they still get to make things on the side and that's just one of their hobbies. And I think it's easy for us who do this as a living to forget about that person who like really enjoys what, what they do. That's not YouTube. <laughs> that's yeah. not Instagram. Sure. That's not whatever. Sure, sure. They have hobbies. Um, so don't, don't want to leave those people out for sure. Yeah. I enjoy watching like daredevil stuff. Like, you know, guys on motorcycles and, you know, guys that jump out of airplanes and stuff. I'll never do it ever. I'll never ever do it. <laughs> but I, and I'm like, in a way, I'm like thankful that they create the entertainment for me to to watch. I'll never do it. I'll have no, I have zero intentions of ever parachuting or sky jumping. And but it's fun to watch other people do it. I like watching the guys create the formations and the helmet cams and stuff. Never, ever, ever will I do it. <laughs> not not at least by my own choice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's see. For me, I have been making kitchen cabinets. It's really weird. It just dawned on me that we, <laughs> I'm making cabinets to put in my kitchen, which I completely tore out and rebuilt, and nobody has seen any of that yet. I didn't really think about that until just now, that we haven't released and won't release for a couple more weeks the video of us gutting our kitchen. And so I'm kind of far ahead talking about things that you know you won't be able to see for a little while. But uh, I decided to make our own kitchen cabinets from scratch, and there's a lot of them. It's like we're upsizing our kitchen significantly, and so there's there's a lot to make. And um, I've made cabinets before, but I've not made kitchen cabinets with the intention of them, you know, being like in the house as long as the house is there, or at least as long as we're in the house. Um, and so I'm trying to really go about it the right way and take my time with all the things and really think through how they're made and how they're broken up and how they're, And you know, my wife and, and Josh have been working at in fusion, like he's modeling and she's saying like, well, what if we, if we did this cabinet here and with this here, then it can hold these things. And 
so they've been going back and forth on the minutia of how the cabinets will work as far as like placement, drawers, doors, all that type of stuff. And so they did a section and then gave me the plan for that section. And I mean, I'm a part of that discussion, but I, I care less about where things go than she does. So I'm letting her kind of drive that whole thing. So they'll do a section and then they'll give me that the plan for that. And I'll go make a bunch of cabinets while they're working on the next section. And uh, so that's been, it's been tiring. I mean, it's a lot of work. Um, and I feel like a cabinet shop because it's just like batching out a bunch of carcasses. Now I'm batching out a bunch of drawers. And then next I got to do drawer faces. And then I got to go back and start a different section of carcasses. It's nice though when you work on cabinets and it gets overwhelming and then you get that sense of relief where you're like, oh, I only have to paint the front part. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to paint yeah. the sides, the top, the back, or the bottom. Maybe you figure out a way to treat the interior, but it's not quite as critical as, you know, obviously the face the face doors yeah. and drawers. <clears throat> yeah, we sprayed the interior for all the carcasses. I've got like two thirds of the carcasses done. And I took them all outside and just sprayed polyurethane. This it's kind of thick. It's like a three in one coat stuff. So it's a real thick coat. I didn't think it would spray very well. Turned out it sprayed just fine. So I coated the inside with that and then did a light hand sanding and it was like, they're done. So I, it, that was a really cool thing. In on a Saturday, I carried them all out, sprayed them. By the time I finished spraying the last one, the first one was dry. So then I just started carrying them right up the driveway and into the kitchen. And all of a sudden, we had a bunch of carcasses mm. like in place in the kitchen. Uh, that was pretty cool. So that's what I'm doing. And that's kind of all I'm doing is just uh, trying to get those things ready. We have a video coming out. I guess it will be out before this show is out where Josh did a project all like without me and so we just said like he had a thing he wanted to do at his house and i was making cabinets and we had already shot the part that we needed to shoot of you know one cabinet not 50 or whatever i'm making and so he and anthony just went to his house and his shop and made a project for his house and he ran the whole thing and that was it was really cool turned out great they did a great job it was weird for me even though i said go do it it was weird for me to like there's a whole, I like to make stuff video that I'm not a part of. I mean, I have a little cameo in it, but I didn't design it. It's not for me. It's not, you know, it's just a, a separate thing. And I don't expect that that's a thing we're going to do super often, but they did a great job. It was just one of those where we, we can either not have a video at all, or they can go do the video and, you know, bring value, which I think they did. Uh, and it turned out to be really good just a, a different thing you know this week and then uh and then we'll be getting back to kitchen stuff so we have tons of of kitchen coming huh. soon how many videos? but i'm tired of not having a kitchen <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure how many videos are is the kitchen project going to make i'm not really sure uh <laughs> we decided instead of so like when we did the bathroom big bathroom renovation a couple of years ago I kind of planned out, you know, it was going to be, I think it ended up being two videos, but it was a part one, part two kind of thing. And that worked all right. But I, the more I thought about it after the fact, the less I think that becomes useful for people who need information. I think that's fine for people who just want to see what I'm up to. Um, so with the kitchen, knowing that it was going to be such a big project, I decided to go to break it up differently and try to focus more on either 
specific projects within the kitchen or within or uh, topics. And so like the first video is getting it down to a clean slate, it's tearing everything out, moving things around, re drywalling, hardwood flooring. So a bare room that's ready to build into. And so that's one video because that's the setup for the whole thing. And um, after that though, instead of it being part two, part three, part four, it's gonna be about cabinets. There's gonna be one about building a door. There's gonna be one about um, you know building a kitchen table. And so they're more project specific so that somebody can find, if they just need that part of it or they only care about parts of it, they don't have to miss out on other stuff just because like, you know, I don't know what's in kitchen part two, so I'm not going to watch it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can just look up how to build a kitchen table or how to whatever, whatever. So I'm not really sure to answer your question. I'm not sure how many videos will go into it uh, when it's all said and done. And I don't know that they'll all be sequential or, you know, kind of labeled together or anything like that. We're just going to try something different with how we're doing it. So good. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what we've been up to. Um, it's it's weird to be uh, doing something so big that there's always work to do. It's been a while since I've done a project that like yeah. I, I don't really see the, the to do list. Yeah, the to do list is never ending with something like that. Yeah, um, and even like even once we get back to where we can use the kitchen, it's still not going to be over. There's still going to be all these little like um, like pull out things to put in certain cabinets that need to be custom made. We buy some, but some of them have to be custom. There's going to be, you know, like I said, the, the table, there's going to be a big glass door that I have to make. And there's going to be, I don't know, just, it's going to go on and on. I was going to suggest that R2D2 should make an appearance in the final <laughs> few seconds of the last video. He comes in and inspects the kitchen and then says something to you in gibberish. And then you underscore it. And say like, <laughs> Good job, Bob. This is going to be my new hangout. Something like that. That's a good idea. <laughs> that's a good idea. It'd give me a reason to finish him too. I'm getting up there. And, <laughs> yeah. Do you guys- and that's another one of those projects that, like, I part one, part two, part three. I don't think has really worked. I think people they're either interested in the project or they're not. So I don't think that's really going to make a big difference to it. But part four of R two D two, like, what does that mean? Like, what are you learning out of that? What are you going to see? What are you, you know? So. I just pictured I him with an apron on bringing you like eggs at the table. Like he just finished. <laughs> Good job on the kitchen. Everything's working well. And like he drops eggs on the table. He doesn't have an arm, does he? Uh, he, he could. Yeah, there you go. Like yeah. just throws him in there like. <laughs> David, were you going to say something before R2-D2? So, uh nothing nothing do you guys order food a lot like what are you doing to eat and i ask because we are always looking for an excuse to order food like we order yeah delivery way too much whether it's uber eats or postmates or grubhub like we are looking for an excuse to not cook and have it delivered to our faces i'm kind of looking for that as well my wife does not look for that because she Uh wants to eat better than i do usually (laughs) um and she likes to cook and she wants to cook and stuff. Uh, we never, so we deli- have a little, we never, I don't, I never got a delivery to this house ever in 16 years. I never got a food delivered to this house. Mm. Don't you live term. out in the middle of nowhere? I do, but there's a small town. We could probably get Grubhub, but we, we never do it. We just mm. always like go and grab some and bring it back. Mm. Or well, cook. we have a little, um, 
called an air fryer. It's like a little toaster <laughs> oven kind of thing that you can actually bake in and stuff too. And so that is still set up. And so we use that and my wife has figured out how to cook like oh. egg casseroles and stuff in it and wow. all, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So we're getting a lot out of that. But then also we do take out a lot for lunch. Uh, we do a lot of sandwiches. My parents have been bringing over dinner like once a week. Just, they bring food over and we hang out and, and eat it and stuff. So we're getting by. But for a family that typically eats at home a lot, my wife likes to cook a lot. It's weird not to have a kitchen. And we're not going to have a an oven for, I don't know, at least another like four or five weeks just because it's really hard to get appliances right now. They're just mm-hmm. all backed up. So even if the kitchen is, in, kitchen is in place, the appliances won't be in place for quite a while. So, but anyway, um, so I asked on Twitter for some kind of topics for today, and we got a whole bunch of really good ones, and we haven't talked about them at all. Do you, nope. you guys want to just I read go them. through? Some? Yeah, go through. Them. Oh, okay. Um, we'll go down one several people said they just wanted to hear your baby voice, Jimmy. I'm not <laughs> sure that I agree. But people did ask for it. Some people did ask for it. Not everybody. Don't wanna do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. The, a funny I could recommend a lot of people. So the baby voice, me and Jocko always did the baby voice to each other goofing around. And so this time last year, Jocko put a video out, it was just almost one year ago, because it was right after he left. Uh, the United States to go home just before the pandemic hit when we were all together at WorkbenchCon. Jocko hung out at the house for a couple of days. He did a little documentary on me. So you can go back to this time last year in Jocko's timeline and see a video. And in that video is when the baby voice goes from me just being a whiny baby to the baby voice becoming the voice of the trolls. It happens while the camera's rolling and we just start joking and laughing about it. And then Jocko does his Italian baby voice, which is even funnier, his version (laughs) with the Italian accent. So that is really like the origination of like the baby troll voice, like where I was doing the baby voice on here, kidding around with you guys. Um, I was basically impersonating my friend's son and now it's become the troll voice. So you could see that the birth of the troll voice on the Jocko documentary at my house. So anyway, I think it says, you don't know who Jimmy DeResta is or something is the title of the video. But yeah, it's funny. And now it's it's become such a thing, which is great. It's just a way to really just like to a troll, just like okay, baby <laughs> voice. <laughs> no, I don't like the way you do that. It's not the right way. It's not stink glass. You can't call it stink glass. It's not stink glass. I love I love that. I get comments on my videos of people doing the Jimmy baby voice. And, yeah, I'd like to. <laughs> I love uh, uh, there. There's something special about people who comment on the videos who also listen to the podcast. Of course, because they're like, like part the of this inside group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hot yeah. tub it always. That's it always deep. Feels good. That's deep. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go through a couple of these. Um, this is kind of what we were talking about earlier. Mike asked about eco-friendly processes for makers, and we get this question a lot. Um, he was asking about like, are we concerned about the products that we're using and the effects on the environment and stuff like that? And since we were talking about the uh, the epoxy stuff earlier, yeah, a lot. Of I don't know that we, this this is one of those topics that like we could say something that would be relevant to us, and maybe our situation is not the same as somebody else, or the things that we're using right now may not be the same things that we're using in, in a year or a year ago or whatever. So. 
I, I guess I'll jump in first and just say that I care about the environment. We we do what we can personally to, you know, reuse and recycle the stuff that we have. Like we have more recycling than we do trash every every week. And it's funny because our past couple of weeks I've seen our recycling guy drive up in the truck and he looks annoyed. He's like put out that he has to pick up all this cardboard Too and like throw it in. Too much recycling. Don't you actually throw <laughs> exactly. it away? Too Can't much. you put it in the other can so the other guy has to handle it instead of me and my truck? But I mean, it is a consideration for me. But I, I also, I don't know. I don't have a justification. I, I, I do think that I would pick the materials that work for a project and then find the best way to, to use those and most effective way to use those. But I'm not the type of person that would not use something simply because it's resin or simply because it's non-recyclable. I would just try to find the most responsible way to do it. Um, but, you know, there's other people who like that's really their intention is to only use recycled things or only use compostable materials or whatever. And that's awesome. That's great. I think we all have responsibility there but i also think that that responsibility is one of those things that you can't mandate to somebody else you shouldn't you shouldn't force somebody yeah. to do well, things it's the funny, way yeah. you do them in the resin video a lot of people are like oh you're just creating landfill stuff I'm, I'm in fact i'm not i'm creating an image and every it's 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 easy to like look at somebody who's highlighting something online and say oh you're creating i'm like okay let's follow you around with the camera every day and i said it a couple of weeks ago with the knife thing how many how many coffee cups do you use in a day and how many times it is ingrained in the globe. There is nothing we can't do that doesn't involve things being thrown away that, you know, single use forks. It, it's unfortunate. And, you know, the only thing we could really do is like not use it, but I hate to say it. If we don't use it, somebody else is going to use it. And it, it's almost, it's like almost, I don't know what we could do about it now. I don't know what we can do. I mean, we could make as best choices as we can, but I hate throwing away plastic bottles. Like I would love to be able to figure out how to reuse them and do stuff. Did you happen to see John Oliver did a thing mm-hmm. on recycling this weekend? Yeah. And it's amazing. Like 2% of the things that get recycled actually turn back into something. The rest just goes into landfills. And he basically mm. put the onus on the people that create it where they've had a very clever marketing strategy. They put the onus on the end users. Like, hey, make sure you do something responsible with this. But they're not the ones that are trying to figure out how to make things that can be recycled. A lot of like things can only be typically recycled one time. So if you take a bunch of bottles and make a shirt out of it, that's it. The shirt will still live in a landfill because it's made out of PETG. And so it's it's not an easy question to answer. You know, just going forward with this with this retail thing, this opportunity I have, it's on me to come up with packaging. And I'm really considering, I mean, you know, being, having plastic around it is probably the only thing that would allow it to be on a shelf because as consumers, we walk up to a product and if I didn't put plastic, I don't want to, by the way, I'm putting a prefacing that it might not be my choice. I don't want to, I'm going to present this product and this product line just in cardboard, just like craft paper color board, because that's what I think would be best for what we're working on. And they might say it needs to be wrapped because if somebody walks up with dirty hands and flips through and tries to get the best product, that's the choice for them. They might leave a thumbprint on, and then that will be considered not something people want to buy. Unfortunately, that's the culture we all live in. It's, it's just unfortunate, but 
I am going to try and take a responsible approach to this product lineup that we might potentially be doing and make sure that everything about it is recyclable or consumable or, you know, back to earth type of approach. But it's for giant corporations. They just, it doesn't seem like anything we could do. Yeah. Unless things start being made out of stone, wood and paper again. This, this, there's no, there's, there doesn't seem, I, I hate to sound glum, but there doesn't seem to be a, a really quick, fancy, viable alternative to what everybody's doing. I don't think there's like a, a kind of catch all solution. I, I, I think it's there, the world is set up around the way that we use certain things. But I do think that comes back to personal responsibility about the things that you are doing. And yeah. there's a difference between doing making something using something acting a certain way that has waste and creating waste like actively being negligent about the things that you are using like if i were to cut something out of half a sheet of plywood and then throw the other half sheet of plywood away that's wasteful right yeah and so i think you know Again, I don't have to justify, I don't think I could justify my actions on the way that I use materials all the time. Um, also, I don't feel like I need to personally, but um, I do my best to keep wood uh, as long as I can, use as much of it as I can. In fact, with this cabinets, it's been really fun. I have a scrap pile just for the cabinets, and it's been kind of a puzzle game for me to make those pieces as small as possible. So I'm thinking ahead about like, well, if I cut this one down, if I use that piece instead of this one, I'm going to have a smaller leftover scrap and it's not going to make a difference in the end, you know, the way the world runs or anything, but it's fun to see how many cabinets I can get and still keep that scrap pile small, you know, uh, just to be efficient with the material that I have. And I think that's when it comes down to it, there's no global fix yet. I think the thing is personal responsibility, doing the best you can to create as little excess, as little waste as you can. Um, And, you know, we can mirror or we can uh, not mirror, we can emulate that. We can show people that in what we do. But ultimately, it's up to everybody. That's my -hmm. personal opinion. You guys have any other thoughts on this? Yeah, no, it's. uh, Yeah, it's something that's it's always on my mind. I'm not going to repeat what both of you said. But I, I, I feel that um, I know Kelly puts a lot of pressure on me to be more mindful of it. And so I try to be. Uh, there is a little bit of guilt every time I throw away a foam disposable brush or I use a piece of paper towel. Like I don't uh, I, I it's on my mind a lot. I, and I know I need to get better. And I do try to be mindful of it, but I know I could be better. Yeah, I think that's probably the case of, like, no matter how well you were doing, that would still be the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I would, true. I would assume. True. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. This one's from Eric. Uh, Eric says, <laughs> where were you at episode one, and how have you changed or not changed since then? A couple people mentioned that we should go back and listen to episode one and, like, compare. Um, and I pulled it up while we were waiting for David to show up, and I listened to, like, a little bit of it, but obviously couldn't get through the whole thing. But it was funny because the first episode we're introducing ourselves because most of the people listening would, they may know one of us, but they may not know all of us. And so we're talking about who we are, what we do, how old we are. Jimmy was a lot younger. No, I was giving him a hard time about that. <laughs> but, you, but you two have an ace. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I, you know. Um, I don't know what, you, I don't know how you, what your secret is. 
<laughs> running. It was really funny though, uh, just to to hear us talk about. I don't know. It was just like a totally different vibe. We were we were testing it out to see if it would even work. We weren't sure if we were going to release that episode. And um, I should put a link to the episode one in case anybody wants to just mm. go back and listen to that one as a as a point of uh, comparison. I, I can I can talk about how we changed since then. I absolutely uh, uh, have gotten outside of my comfort zone. I said it even back then. I was saying it back then, but to to the amount that I've gotten out of my comfort zone versus then versus now is is tremendous. And I still get scared. I still get anxious and nervous to try new things. Still, but when I think of back then, all the things that I still hadn't done, like laser cutting and CNCing, I, I guess I was still in my infancy with CNCing. I still was not really taking big big chunks. And you know, back then, a fantasy would be to have a big machine and and you know, I have definitely gotten a lot of things since then. The, the big barn, and you know, taking steps to taking chances to pay for things that I didn't think I could pay for, and uh, it's it's I've definitely gotten outside my comfort zone. And I say it all the time, you know, as you get outside your comfort zone, your your your, your threshold of of pain, and I say pain in quotations. That just like a catch-all phrase for fear and anxiety. Your threshold for pain gets higher and higher and then you so you you laugh about the things that made you nervous a year ago you know versus the things that are making you nervous now so when i think about episode one i think of you know all of the the unknowns is this show going to go on or you know everyone's always saying when is youtube going to come to an end uh you know all the contingency plans we've all made to in case youtube does come to an end you know we've created careers you know, that are parallel to what we're doing on YouTube and, you know, product lines and whatever else built up our websites. So, you know, it's, it's been an incredible journey and, you know, it's far from over. So. I, uh, the funny thing is I think a lot of our listeners could tell us how we've grown more than we could (laughs) say it ourselves because, uh, it's it's probably easier to see it from an outside perspective. And I know a lot of people will say, I just listened to all 299 episodes in the past four weeks. And my, you guys have grown. Um, I know personally, my intentions of what I do is, has evolved over time. My intentions now are different than they were a year ago. Um, I don't, um, you know, I don't, I think in the past I was like trying to be entertaining um, and that doesn't always work. And now the intention is not to be funny, not to have funny moments, but to things happen naturally. And because I have somebody there filming with me, we are having a good time. And and a lot of times that transfers to the camera. Um, My intention before intentions before were to show something step-by-step how to, where now it's a, it's a little bit more about the journey and trying new things i know that i say i want to do all these things and i don't fully execute on all of those things but i'm still trying i'm still trying to get more creative i'm still trying to be more artsy and and less i guess traditional even though i don't think that's the right word but um man i am a totally different person outside of woodworking than i was whatever that was five years ago six years ago how long has this been five i think five um yeah and uh um i 
I think before I I thrived on the whole interacting with social media and and now I I don't quite thrive on that. I don't need people's approval or disapproval. It's it's more about I'm going to do what I want to do. Um for the most part, I mean sometimes I I need to I do need to pay the bills, so I do need to do something that's friendly with that I know is going to get views. That's it's a balance. It's a thing that I have to I can't always make exactly what I want to make because I do want to be able to buy dog food. Um and I don't know. I I've definitely I've gained more skills and I've I've tried new new things. Oh, so man, I would love to hear you know, tweet at me and tell me how I've grown because the audience probably has a better perspective on it. Yeah, I would agree with that. It, it is like we're too close to it, I think, to see the big changes. Like we see the little changes, you know, but from their perspective, they may see uh, a much broader thing. Seven years, not five. Seven. Oh my goodness. Years. <laughs> I mean, it's like six and a half, basically. But October 30th, 2014 was the first oh my god we didn't even get going then (laughs) i didn't even know that i knew you guys at that point like that we've known each other that long it's so (laughs) weird wow um yeah i mean i i'm trying to think back of i'd have to listen to that episode to see where i was in life at that point but i think that would have been i think we we all i think you well obviously i obviously kind of always been uh like a solo creator but you guys i know bob i remember you discussing i'm thinking about leaving my job i remember having that conversation oh mm-hmm. yeah yeah wow you know going that full feels time. like a lifetime ago honestly yeah like it, that that's that's so wild uh so yeah i guess if that's the case then stuff for me has changed both job wise and the fact that we there's like a company here now it's not just me yeah and um, but also just from the perspective of the things that I was doing, the projects that I was interested in, the skills that I was trying to learn, I never imagined that I would be interested, much less have the capacity to do any kind of machining work. I I'm still can't. I'm still not good at it. And I'm not claiming that I'm that now. But I have I've gotten way closer to actually being able to do that than I ever expected to. Um, I've crossed into a bunch of different experimentations within metalwork and within leather. Um, I've done a bunch of electronic stuff that I never expected and prop stuff that I never expected I would go that far into. It's just funny because, you know, you, you kind of look ahead at any point and you say like, well, this is what I'm doing now. So in five years or in two years or whatever, it's probably going to be a more mature version of this or I'm going to be better at this. And when I, if I were to look back from that point to where I am now, I think instead of it being like a straight line that's more true, it's like it broke up into more lines that went in more different directions. And, you know, so I don't necessarily think I got better at anything, but I've tried a whole bunch of new stuff and that's, that's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a long time. It's seven years seems crazy it's hard to remember how life was seven years ago i mean when i think about that i would have had my youngest would have been one years old one year not years one year old and that's weird because i don't even remember him being (laughs) that small he's like he's like running around doing stuff acting crazy and 
that's like a whole different type of that that's a lifetime in when it in a kid's life from like one to what he is now like that's a that's wild anyway um so it's been a big change since episode one yes absolutely uh let's see project envy when another creator comes out with something that you wish you had thought of or should have how do you handle it whether or not you do your own take or take inspiration from it. I mean, I kind of brought this up earlier with the stained glass. This happens to me constantly. Like, I know we've t- kind of talked about this before in different places where, like, you, you have an idea and some, you see somebody else do it, like you guys did with the, the stool builds early on. This happens to me all the time where I see somebody do something and go, like, man, I wish I could do that, but now I can't because they did it. So... Even though whether I got the idea from them or not, I still feel like I, I just can't. I like I'm I, whatever I do is not going to be as good as that one. So like I don't know if I should even attempt it. I like to think when I see somebody do something that's really cool and clever, I go ah okay, I mm. see. I put it in my, I just put it in my slurry. I put it in my my notebook <laughs> and I go, okay, okay, cool. Ah, all right. Mm. You know, so I can, I take it as. As an inspiration, I take it as something that I could take and mutate. Okay. And then, you know, always give credit if it's necessary or if it's obvious that I should, you know. But I I think it's cool. I think it's it's, it challenges, you know, that comfort zone, that that get out of your own way when you see somebody. Oh, that's usually my approach. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I get a little jealous. I won't lie. I, uh, I'll be like, oh man, uh, I wish I would have done that first. Or, um, sometimes I'm like, you know, oh, I could do that so much better. And that's a, that's, that's, it's, it's a terrible <laughs> attitude, but it's also a great attitude. It's a, it's a conversation I have with myself. I won't publicly say, oh yeah, I could do that so much better. I think, ah, I can improve upon that, uh, t- to help me make myself better um but yeah i mean i i get i get jealous somebody else has taken taken my my partner to the school dance so i i would be honored if you would retweet my videos and with the the quote i could do this better I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> every time go for it oh, man. <laughs> yeah I mean, the people who don't listen to the podcast would uh would eat me alive <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that happens to me a lot. And uh, I mean, I don't watch a whole lot of YouTube. There's there's a handful of people, you know, uh, you guys and some other people that I really, that I care about, that I want to see what they're doing, whether it's something I would do or not. There's a handful of people that I don't know, but I would, uh, I just love what they do, no matter what it is, you know? Um, and so I have a limited amount of YouTube stuff that I watch. And the stuff that I watch is stuff that I really care about for one of those reasons. I care about the people or I care about the focus or I care about the thing. So I go into those with a kind of a personal attachment to the thing. And so then when I see somebody do a thing that I I know I would be capable of or maybe it was like similar to an idea I had in the past that I never got around to doing, there's always like a kind of personal, I don't want to say jealousy, but more of like, oh, man, like I can't. Now I can't copy my friend, or, <laughs> you know, now I can't copy this person that I really respect with a way bigger following than I have. Cause then it would look like I was just trying to rip them off, you know, that, that type of thing. But 
and the, and the, the reality of it is we live in a world where that that video is old in a day and we, we've already forgotten yeah. about it and, and the that audience has already watched a dozen new videos since then so they've already forgotten so it doesn't matter if we do that thing a couple of weeks later or or, or right away because yeah. very very few people are going to compare the two you the the creator you you're the one that's comparing it to the previous person and like i mentioned earlier i do think that's a good opportunity for you to look at the thing and be like okay well what can i change about the thing you know what's a different intention or a different outcome or something that i can bring to it you know you, you still get to scratch that itch that you have for mm-hmm. creating that thing but like just come up with another way to make it useful and or whatever um let's see we're running kind of long but let's do a couple more um this is episode 300 and 301, by the way. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. There was one here that I'd like to hear your thoughts on consistency, discipline, and flexibility. How much do you remain consistent with branding, production, and the types of projects you work on, and how do you change it up, and when? Hmm. We kind of deal with this question a lot, but like uh, I think I mentioned last week that we're, without being too specific, that... I like to make stuff is in a place where we're trying to uh, uh, reassess all of those things, trying to figure out like where are the places that we've been inflexible that we need to be flexible when we allow things to change, we allow our approach to change or the video, you know, formats to change or whatever. Um, We try to be really consistent on branding, on presentation, on, you know, the, the, tone of everything so we have a bunch of things that will not bend that are they have to be in place for it to be our output because I have kind of strict not strict I have very specific what I want us to be Um, but the way that we get there I think has been also uh, specific and I don't think how we get there has to be as specific as long as our end goal and our final presentation is what I want it to be. So I'm trying to get myself out of the way a little bit more and let us be flexible as a team to be able to create more interesting things to get the same point across. Across. Keep putting T's at the end of words that don't have T's today. Hmm. Across. My wife is a speech therapist. I can can have her speech therapy you. (laughs) I appreciate that. It doesn't work on me though. (laughs) <laughs> as far as uh, ongoing consistent branding, I, I think if if you remember it most of the time, when you look back and you look at your whole catalog of whatever it is you're creating and you're consistent, the branding will come through. It's funny because there are occasions where I'll make a video and I did not put my logo on it enough for my own personal taste. <laughs> and then I'll get that comment that's like, what's with the name so much? And I go back and I'm like, it's not even in there. It's something like twice. So it's funny how, like, the impact, you know, there are times where I put it in a lot. I mean, I consciously, but there are times that I'm completely submerged in the build and I forget to, like, grab the tool that has my name facing the camera or whatever. And uh, so when you look at the overall arcing career path or, you know, body of work, if you remember it most of the time, it'll be somewhat consistent. But minute by minute by minute by minute, it might not be as consistent. It just depends on how far away you look at whatever it is you're doing. There are people that are just extremely lazy. Like, for instance, and and I don't see this as lazy as much as some people don't like to brag about themselves. I'm clearing out my apartment in New York, and I was down there the other day, and I had this beautiful knife in my hand. And I had this great conversation with this guy seven years ago. And he was amazing. He was one of the first people to teach me about knives and how to heat treat knives. And he sent me a knife. And nowhere on it does it say his name. 
And I don't know, I, I can mm. go back to email seven years ago and search knife, I don't even know how to search it, knife conversation seven years ago in my email. But this is a perfect example. I have this beautiful knife in front of me and I can't remember the guy's name that, that gave it to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could definitely spend an hour and figure out what those emails were. But here is a beautiful knife. If a stranger picks it up, they're like, oh, that's cool. So there's a custom made knife. There isn't even a touch mark on it. There's nothing. So branding is important. And I heard a very interesting thing last night about, uh, I forget, I was listening to a podcast. And uh, I guess it was Fitz, uh, Greg Fitzsimmons, a comedian. I listened to his podcast. And he had on Kevin Nealon. And Kevin Nealon was talking to Jim Carrey. And he said to Jim Carrey, why they shift to art? Because Jim, everyone knows Jim Carrey is like a big artist now. And he said, he goes, because I was thinking about my legacy and actors come and go in the stretch of time. Like, who knows who Humphrey Bogart is? Who knows who, who Bob Hope is? You know, your kids will never know who Bob Hope is, ever. Never. Mm. Unless they accidentally see, but they won't have, they won't understand the impact he's had on comedy. So he said, if I create art, sculpture, and painting, these are things that will live on. Like your kids hmm. will know who Picasso is more often than they'll know who Bob Hope or, you know, right. any one of these actors or actresses from, you know, even from as early as the 70s, like, you know, that 70s and 80s, they won't know. Even the 90s, they won't know who those people are, you know, if they come and go. Right. <clears throat> Whereas artists will tend to. So, I mean, that's a little that's a little bit more of a, you know, egocentric thing. But, you know, it is a point of view when you're thinking about branding and legacy and stuff. My hmm. my view that's, on that's a really good point. branding has changed and evolved over time. I come from I worked at a marketing agency for ten years before before doing this. I mean, I was a web developer, but I was around people who were experts at promoting and marketing and branding. And so, branding was really important for me at the beginning. We started off as the drunken woodworker, and we had our our color palette and style guide, and then it evolved to make something. And um, these days, the branding's still there, but it's not as important to me. Um, because f- I'm so every like Jimmy said earlier, every single person is a brand now, right? And that's just the way the world is. We're all always promoting ourselves, and so marketing now feels really icky to me. And it's the world mm-hmm. I come from. It's the world I know very well, and I hate promoting myself. I rarely. St- say like and subscribe in my videos i um i don't like promoting the videos i want them to speak for themselves but i have to promote the videos it's 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 one of those things um that i need to do but it the more i do it the more it feels icky and i do think about the legacy and do i want to be the guy that's always hey look at me uh go watch my videos i need more views or do i want to be the guy that that made cool stuff so i'm trying to evolve more into the guy that makes cool stuff and let the let the videos and let the projects speak for themselves and just see see where that goes i know that this youtube thing isn't going to last forever i i don't i'm pretty sure i'm not going to be making videos every week 10 years from now and so i'm kind of preparing myself for the next the next stage I don't even if YouTube is still the thing, and even if if uh, it doesn't fade away, I don't know that I want to do this ten years from now. It, it's exhausting try, um, trying to be creative every, every week, and it's exhausting trying to promote yourself. And 
I uh, I'm constantly thinking about the the next steps. Where do I go from here? What is going to be my my next passion? So, um, consistency. I think maybe my consistency is not being consistent and, <laughs> and changing. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. In regards to the marketing thing, I'm I mean I'm the longer I'm in this, the more I feel that same way about like just the constant self marketing is tiring and it's really i think if, like you it's really uh unnatural for me like i don't i don't want to promote myself i don't want to be <clears throat> the face of anything even though i've ended up being the face of this thing that wasn't the intention all along and when i think back about i used to work for you know marketing as well and i was really unhappy in this one stretch, when I when I went from owning my own company, we sold it to another company and we worked for them. And then I didn't have say in what we were marketing and what we were trying to promote. And we promoted a bunch of stuff that I didn't agree with, I didn't believe in, but it was my job and that's what I had to do at the time. And then we switched from that. I left that job and started working in software, making something, making a product for people to do their job better. And that was a huge shift for me in the way my time was spent marketing something to people that they didn't need that was actually bad for them to going to making a product for people that made their job easier. I know that sounds like just a job change, but that was absolutely huge for me. And so moving forward into all this stuff, I think even though the marketing does feel kind of icky and it's a thing that not all of us naturally want to do, what your marketing matters there. And I think it's a lot easier to try to convince somebody that they're that you have something beneficial for them. You have something that can make them better, something that can make them enjoy their time or whatever the thing is that you're trying to market. If you have a thing like that versus like, hey, here's a piece of plastic that you don't have yet. You want this piece of plastic? You, everybody else has this piece of plastic. You need this piece of plastic. You know, that's the stuff that like I... I could not get myself behind. That's a lot of what people have to do as a job now. I'm not trying to diss that, but like it's easier for me to promote what we do as a company because I believe that the outcome, not not the projects themselves, but the outcome of what we do, the impact that it has on people, I think, I hope is beneficial for them. And so that's a lot easier for me to try to put aside my anti-marketing personality for that end versus, you know, hey, here's the thing that we had produced by a bunch of other people and it's not good for us and it's not good for you, but you should buy it anyway. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's my old job. So um, I don't even remember what the original question was, but yeah, I'm with you on that. that. That is a difficult and exhausting part of what we do is trying to always be front of mind to people and always trying to like get people interested in the thing that you're interested in. Like that's, it's tough. It's not something... Most people would want to do forever, I would imagine. Uh, it is, we've been going for over an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to throw out one more little thing. There's a, a tweet here from Tom. Um, and he says, Jimmy and David, wow, 300 hours of my life, talking about 300 episodes. And then Bob, wow, 900 hours of my life after editing. <laughs> says, thanks for 300 episodes. I want to point out, because this is not something we say very often, I don't edit this. I, I do the same amount of work that you guys do. Uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon does our editing, and he has his own podcast, his own YouTube channel. 
a make or break shop you should definitely check out if you have not. He does all the editing. He's the one that puts in the extra work after we hit stop on the recording. We're done. And he takes it from there. So big thanks to him for doing that work. And so if you uh, don't already subscribe to his other podcast, uh, Make or Break Shop, then go do that. Go, also his YouTube subscribe. channel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He makes all sorts of stuff. Um, he has a fusion course like we do. Uh, we put him out about the same time. He, he does a bunch of great work, and he's a good guy. So, But I wanted to point that out, that like I don't do any extra work <laughs> more than you two do. Uh, it's after we're done recording, it all goes to Brandon and he handles it from there. He also edits for uh, No Instructions, podcast I do with Josh, and uh, he does Brain Pick for us. So he he is a big part of the maker podcasting world, and I want to make sure he gets the credit for his work there. So Thank you, Brandon. And Brandon, I'm yes. sorry I always forget to Dropbox my files. He's constantly emailing me. I thought it was me. I thought I was the one that was always. You? Uh, it happens on occasion. Anyway, um, all right. Well, let's wrap it up, unless you guys have anything else you want to chat through. Because mm-hmm. we do have to go to the after show. Yep. Uh, we've talked about this a billion times, but the patrons get the after show, which is more uh, like a separate feed. It's a separate little show. It's after this show. That's why we call it the after show. It's not more, you know, that's where the name came from, in case you weren't sure. Um, if you want to help out this show and get the after show, go to patreon.com slash making it. Big thanks to everybody that already does that. We are very grateful for you. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for supporting us. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. You guys got anything you want to recommend for this week? Oh, I, I would just say check out... Uh... I was going to say, check out Derek from Malden, that resin thing. I thought it was a very clever approach. So, yeah, check that. I'll send you guys the link to you. Huh? I, uh, I, I came in not having a pick, and I was kind of freaking out. Like, oh, no, I don't have anything for anybody. But Jimmy mentioned something about uh, he likes watching, uh, mentioned something about um, stunt people. Like, he's never going to do that, but he likes watching that. Which reminded me, I saw this documentary called The First Eight, which is a documentary on... Quentin Tarantino's first eight movies. Um, And there is a stunt lady in there who actually stars in one of the movies, Death Proof. And uh, I'm like, oh man, this, she's absolutely incredible. And um, I don't know. So I love Quentin Tarantino, one of my favorite directors of all time. And I I think he's going to make 10 movies and then he's out. He, you know, that's going to be his, his legacy, which I think is super cool. Um, so it's called, uh, the first eight. I, I rented it on Amazon prime, really good stuff. Cool. I'll check that out. Um, so mine is actually, uh, Ben from Wobi designs. We've talked about Ben before. Oh yeah. Ben does very really cool. cool stuff. Uh, makes tons of awesome stuff out of skate recycled skateboards. He's a really nice guy, good, upbeat and everything. He posted on Instagram yesterday. He, he His shop is in a um, shipping container in L.A. He posted that everybody in this place where he keeps his container, and I think the container itself, they're all getting evicted. Whoa. And so he does not have a shop. And he has to be out, like, really soon, I think 30 days, but they're recommending even sooner than that if he can get out. And so he is uh, from 
what I can tell on Instagram, he's kind of scrambling to find another shop to figure out what to do with all the tools to everything. And that's not a cool situation. So I want to throw this out for two reasons. One, everybody should go check out his videos because he makes really cool stuff. He's got a great attitude. Um, Two, if you're in the LA area and you have a lead on a shop that he could use, a place he could temporarily or permanently move into, uh, if you need to buy some tools, if he's, I know he's thinking about selling some of his stuff off, go help him out. If you've got information that could help with him having to find another shop or any of those things, go, you know, do what you can there. Because I know there's a bunch of people in the LA area, a lot of maker spaces, a lot of shared shops and uh, maybe there's some space somewhere that he could move into at least to to kind of regroup and figure out what's next, you know, because uh, to have an entire shop just like to get kicked out and have to figure out what to do with your stuff in a city like that. <laughs> that's yeah. rough. Yeah. So and Ben is absolutely uh, amazing. I got to hang out with him for a weekend about a year and a half ago out at Ben's place. And he's uh he's he's one of those people like there's a, there's a ton of creators on YouTube. He's one of those people like I could hang out with that guy all the time. Like he's just so creative. He has his own limitations that he forces upon himself is the size of his shop or what's left of his shop now. And then hit the materials that he uses and he finds super creative ways to um, make cool things. So, yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. Good help luck, Ben. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody who's listening. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us, whether you've listened to just this one or all the other ones or every other one or whatever it was a good run for, yeah, it was <laughs> i hope you enjoyed it uh maybe we'll see you around sometime no, I, I, thanks I, I everybody. made the joke i made the joke a couple weeks ago maybe a month or a year ago where, where i said so we're still we're still gonna do this like every morning <laughs> we come together on a wednesday and we're always like waiting for like like we thought this morning dave was like 300 i'm done <laughs> Like, who's going to, like, go, guys, like, I got so many things to do. Can we just, like, call it a day here? But we keep showing up. So we keep listening. Yep. I think we'll keep showing up. So thank you. Yep. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. And thanks for sticking with us. And we will be back with 301 very soon. Um, thank so. you. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll catch you it. next time. Love you all. Love you all.